0: Good morning. What want to greet each one in Christ's precious name. Who is Jesus to you? Jesus has many attributes. When you think of that question, I'm going to look at two this morning. Um, this evening, my wife... Children and I are singing at the um, senior citizens meal that they put on at the RMYC. So you see a theme between that or the songs that we're singing and this is probably why my mind went to this. But we're singing songs about Jesus being a shepherd, and so as we practice those songs this week, my mind has been thinking about that theme. But Jesus is also other things or can he be both? Can he be a gentle shepherd and a conquering king or is those at separate times or are those different? I had to think of someone I work with, one of the leadership people at the company I work, who can come across to some people as scary. They're really nervous around him. But usually once you get to know him, you find out that he's not that scary. And if you work hard, do a good job, he's not that hard of a person to get along with. But if you don't do a good job and you mess around a lot, you have reason to be scared around him. He that he wants to get work done, obviously. He needs to. Is it the same with... Jesus, if we're obedient, following Him, is He a gentle shepherd? And if we're disobedient, is He a scary, conquering king? And so that's what I want to look at this morning. Is Jesus two-faced? Sometimes one, sometimes another. This morning i am going to be reading a lot of Scripture, looking at a lot of different Scriptures. Um, some messages I do more speaking. This one do, I'm going to do a lot of reading. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to look first at verses 28 through 30. As we read these verses, does it sound like Jesus is a shepherd or a king? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Does this sound like a shepherd or a king? And you guys can respond. I'll like this. Yes, it sounds like a gentle, loving shepherd. Someone who wants to make our burdens lighter. Who wants to take care of it. He says he'll find rest under our souls. That sounds like a shepherd who wants to provide a safe, restful place for his sheep. But now we're going to go back to verse 20 of Matthew 11 and start reading there. Then began he to upbraid the cities wherein most of his mighty works were done, because they repented not. Woe unto thee, Therazin, woe unto thee, Bethesda, for if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you." And thou, Capernaum, which art exalted unto heaven, shalt be brought down to hell. For if the mighty works which have been done in thee had been done in Sodom, it would have remained unto this day. But I say unto you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom in the day of judgment than for thee. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent and hast revealed them unto the babes. Even so, Father, for it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Same passage. Does this sound like a gentle shepherd or a king? King. A king. So are we seeing... Someone who reacts, who goes back and forth? Or is he both at the same time? Who were Tyre and Sidon? They were two port cities um, north of Israel located in what today is Lebanon. Um, I think it would have been Lebanon back then also. They were pagan cities and God warned them repeatedly that they needed to repent or they would be judged. And God would go, ahead, go and judge them later on. Um, according to gotquestions.org, Nebuchadnezzar besieged Tyre in 585 B.C. And Alexander the Great completely destroyed it in 322 B.C. The Persian king, Artuses conquered Sidon later on. So the Jews that were listening to Jesus would have known these cities and they would have known the judgments against them and how God treated them. But I'm sure they would have thought of them as pagan cities. We're not like them. We follow the one true God. And yet, Jesus was given warning here as a king would do to evildoers, saying that these Jewish towns are worse than Tyre and Sidon. So he sounds like a king that is warning and going to bring down judgment. sounds like a conquering king. Capernaum was a town that Jesus did works in, miracles, preached and taught. I'm sure they didn't think of themselves as Sodom and Gomorrah. They were better than that. And yet, Jesus makes an incredible statement implying that Capernaum deserved the fire and brimstone that had destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. And so he does not sound like a gentle Savior, a meek Savior. He sounds like a conquering king. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, beginning at verse 1. Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished and that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for a God. Every valley shall be exalted. And every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall be made straight. And the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord had spoken it. Once again here we see. The characteristics of a shepherd comforting his sheep, wanting to prepare a way. The shepherd would make sure that the path, that the fields where he's taking his sheep were ready for his sheep. This is speaking here more of John the Baptist than of Jesus. And in a way, John the Baptist, we, he's called the forerunner of Jesus. There's some comparisons you can make between John the Baptist and a shepherd. He wasn't the good shepherd. He was a shepherd who came and prepared the way for Christ, the, ultimately the good shepherd. He lived a rough life, spending many days outside under the stars. As far as I know, he wasn't necessarily a highly educated man. He didn't live a comfortable life, but rather made many sacrifices to preach, preach, and draw people to God to repent. So we see more of a a gentle shepherd and Jesus was the same way. But then if we go on to verses 10 through 14 we see a different side here. Behold the Lord God will come with a strong hand and his arm shall rule for him. Behold his reward is with him and his work before him. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arms and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand and meted out the heaven with the span and comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure and weighed the mountains and the scales and the hills in a balance? Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding yes verse 11 says he'll feed his sheep like a he'll feed his flock like a shepherd he will gather lambs but then as we go on in the other, in the next few verses it sounds more like a king who makes decisions and is not necessarily told where to turn he does the turning he does the leading he makes the judgment These word pictures are amazing here. First it says all nations added together don't compare. You stacked all the nations up together. They don't compare to God and to Christ. It says if you took all the trees of Lebanon to use for a burnt offering, it still would not be overdoing it in comparison to who God is. He could pick up the isles, the islands, and hold them because of how great he is. And so we see an all-powerful ruler who rules the whole universe, created it, and then rules it. And so we see more of a conquering king than a gentle shepherd. Turn with me now to Luke chapter 15. This is the chapter that has three parables, one after another, that Jesus gave. And we'll look at, we'll skip over the second. We'll look here at the first one. Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness? and go after that which is lost until he find it. When we have found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. This was a parable, but it was also Jesus' giving us a glimpse of who He is and how He views His sheep. Each one of us. In this story, you could focus on the 99. And I'm not planning to go into this this morning. What does it mean that 99 that don't need to repent? We all are lost sinners and need to repent. But what I believe He's saying is there are 99 that are safe with God that are walking with Him, that have already repented. And then there's a lost person. Jesus loves that person like a shepherd and is willing to do whatever it takes. And we know that He did that. He not only loved them in a way that a parent would love a child, but as only a conquering king he laid down His life to save each one of us. And so He is a gentle, loving shepherd who is willing to sacrifice everything to save us, to protect us. Then we go on to the next story, the, uh, the prodigal son. We know that story. I'm not going to take time to read it. But just as in the story of a prodigal, sometimes Jesus doesn't... Per- pursue a lost person, but he waits for that lost person to come back to him. He loves him. It's not that he doesn't love that person. He's standing there as the father in the story of the prodigal son, waiting for that person to return with open arms ready, once again, as a shepherd who cares Very much. 1 Peter 2.25 says, For we were as sheep going astray, but are now returned unto the shepherd and bishop of our souls. He wants us, if we are walking with Him, to return and be back in His fold. Back to the idea, is Jesus two-faced when we see sometimes Him as a gentle shepherd and other times as a conquering king? Or do we look at it in a different way this morning? Can he both be a shepherd and a conquering king at the same time? And as I dug into this more, I thought, you know, as... If he can be both at the same time, and I believe he is, but let's look at this, let's think about this this morning. Because he's a conquering king and a shepherd, he's the ultimate shepherd with power over everything. If we think of the example of sheep in a physical sense, but with his power, he has power over the weather and power over all the enemies of the sheep. He has the power to stop a wolf or coyote from grabbing one of the flock and killing it. He has the power to stop a flood from carrying part of the flock away. This week I saw a video from Iran that they were having some flash flooding there. And in the video you saw 20 or 30 sheep being washed away in the flood. Here on earth, earthly shepherds can't stop that. But Jesus being the ultimate shepherd, but also a conquering king has the power to deliver from the flood from anything that can happen to us physically or spiritually. Then thinking about Him being a king, a conquering king, He's also greater than any king here on earth could ever be because He's a shepherd at heart while being king. You may hear people discuss world leaders, leaders of the past, present. And I've heard people talk about what is it better to be ruled by a benevolent dictator? Someone who's a dictator, has all power. He can't be taken out of office. But yeah, he just kind of lets everything go. He doesn't dictate everyone's life. A benevolent dictator. Is that better? Or rather, would you rather have a malicious democratically elected leaders because there's been lots of those in the last hundred years. Yes, they're put in dem- democratically, they're voted in, but they're not looking out for the pe- people's best. Jesus is neither. He's not a benevolent dictator. He's a king who's not elected. He's appoint- He appointed himself, or the father did, but he's also a king with a shepherd's heart who has power over all. Another verse I'm just going to read quickly, 2 Corinthians 10 one says, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence and base among you, but being absent and bold towards you. Paul was saying a lot, you know, he said a lot of things about Christ, but here he emphasizes. Jesus' meekness and gentleness. And yet at other times, Paul would bring out his power and his overall authority over all things in our lives. So how can a king be meek and gentle? Typically when we think of earthly kings, if they truly rule their governments, if we think of the British monarchy, they no longer really have a lot of power over their people in England. But there are still kings in some countries. If you think of Saudi Arabia, Jordan, I'm sure you could think of other nations where the kings have absolute authority. There's nothing that happens unless they allow it. We don't usually think of those kings as being meek or gentle. If they are, They will probably be soon overthrown. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 21. Matthew chapter 21, beginning at verse 1. And when they drew nigh unto Jerusalem, and they were come to Bethagi under the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway you shall find an ass tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them unto me, and if any man say aught unto you, you shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting on an ass, and a colt the fall of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them. And they brought the ass and the colt and put on their clothes, and they set him thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, and others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come unto Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. So we see a mixture here as Jesus came to Jerusalem. In a sense, he was behaving like a conqueror would, as a king would, coming symbolically to be king of Jerusalem. But yet he didn't do it on a great horse he didn't do it with an army armed to the teeth he came as a meek man on a donkey instead of on a horse and that's how Jesus is he's both a conquering king and a meek and gentle shepherd we move on here verses 12 to 16 and Jesus went to the temple of God and cast all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And he said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he healed them. And it goes on to say how the chief priests were angry and the scribes were angry with him. So we see both sides of Jesus and often... In the same day, you'll see a side of him being gentle and meek, and you'll see the side of him as king. The rulers were very upset with Jesus because the people called him the son of David. And this had great significance. It meant that they viewed him as someone much greater than they were as rulers. Most likely they were jealous I won't take time to read it, but John 11 says the story of Lazarus. We know this story, how how he came to Martha and Mary, Lazarus' sisters. And we see a loving shepherd who cared about and sorrowed with his friends. And yet we also see a conquering king, someone who had all power then to bring Lazarus back from the dead. Matthew nine thirty five to 36 And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on, on them, because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, having no shepherd. Once again, we see the shepherd side of Jesus' work here on earth. 1 Peter 5, 1-4 calls leaders in the church to be shepherds, but then it points to us following the example of the great shepherd. Jesus is the great shepherd. Let's turn to John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 1. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not, in, not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth, and the sheep hear his voice. And he called his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of the strangers. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not the things which they were, which he spake unto them. Then said Jesus unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that came ever before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door, for by me, if any man shall enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal, and to kill, and to destroy. I am come that they may have life, and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for his sheep. And I'm going to stop there. We can find comfort in understanding that Jesus is both a good shepherd and a conquering king. If he was only a good shepherd, and that's where it ended, What about those times when we look around us and it appears that things are getting out of control in the world around us? A lot of evil is happening. Sin seems to be abounding more and more. But we also understand that He's a conquering King. King. Turn with me to revelations chapter nineteen verses eleven to sixteen revelations nineteen verse eleven and I saw heaven open and behold a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war, and his eyes were as flame of fire. And upon his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. But he was clothed with a vesture, dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. And the armies which were in heaven followed after him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that which he shall smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of of the fierceness and wrath of the Almighty God." And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of King and Lord of Lords. As we look around and we see it seeming that Satan has more and more control in the world and the culture that we live in, we can find comfort to recognize that there's coming a day when the world will all have to stop and acknowledge who Christ is, even if they don't do that today. If we acknowledge who He is today, then we have hope of the resurrection, spiritual, physical resurrection, either through death, and we meet Him that way, or through the rapture. If we don't recognize Him today and we deny who He is, then we will have much to fear. And we'll look at him as a conquering king rather than as a good shepherd. I'll close with this passage, Hebrews 13, 20-21. Now the God of peace that brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep through the blood of the everlasting cometh make you perfect in every good work to do his will working in you that which is well pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord bless each one of you.